0: Hi, I'm Julian, and this is the WLB Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of the WLB Podcast. I'm privileged to have Bhargavi Swami with us today. I'm so glad she agreed to join us on a Saturday afternoon. In addition to being the CEO of Excel Corporation, which is a leading Human resources and training company in India and abroad, she is also a role model for any podcaster. Her podcast, People Who Matter, has amassed more than 2 million subscribers from all over the world in a short span of time. I'm excited to get started because I'm sure this is going to be a fun and great learning experience for not just me, but for everyone listening. Thank you for joining
1: us, Bhargavi. Thank you, Julian. Thank you so much, first of all, for uh, providing a platform like this for a lot of women to come and share their stories. And like you rightly said, to inspire more women to probably get back to workforce. Um, That's been like a mission of me and my company. So we are an all-woman HR consulting company. I think you missed that in the introduction, and I thought I should (laughs) add it here. So it makes it even more relevant that we talk about these kind of issues. And um, yeah, I mean, nowadays, Saturdays, Fridays, Thursdays, they're all the same these days. So I'm just (laughs) glad that I'm contributing in some way or the other, sitting comfortably at home here. I hope everyone's safe and keeping well wherever they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for mentioning that. And like, I I would like to learn a lot more about you. Uh, how how did you start this journey? So just you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners. What sure. is it? Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm
1: trying to keep it as brief as possible because um, you know when you when you say journey, you suddenly there's like a flashback of 10 years, 12 years of your life that quickly comes like a, <laughs> a you know quick show reel. I'm I'm a big buff of uh, video and audio. Uh, I love communication, so I always visualize whatever I want to say or do. Uh, so that's what happened just now. But um, yeah. So we started Excel Corporation. Uh, now it's nearly 11 years ago. Um, the company was started by my father. Uh, My father, Mr. Rajaraman Swami, is a bigger feminist than I am and he has two daughters. So hence, he started a company where women can comfortably join uh, work, continue Mm -hmm. working through different life cycle changes. So, you know, when you start out your career as a woman, you know, you have all the support of the family and then you Mm -hmm. get married. Sometimes you have to relocate. You have to follow the partner at times uh, or at times there is maternity that comes in the way. And you drop out of work for five years, six years. Some people never come back. Some people struggle and come back and take lower roles, and you know, just try to fit in. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. last thing is, of course, uh, senior care. A lot of us live with our parents and or in-laws or extended families, and often the care of senior parents comes on the shoulders, very able shoulders, of women. So. Mm-hmm. Because of these life cycle changes, women have a hundred reasons why they should—they are not able to succeed, or not able to, you know, progress beyond the first five years of their career. So my mm-hmm. father saw it very early, and he—he he decided that he should start a company which is all women, except for him, of course, and um, which supports women from not just cities, but um, our company employs women from marginal sectors, tier two, tier three. Um, mm-hmm. So ten percent of our uh, recruitment for our own company has always mm-hmm. been from uh, towns and villages. Uh, Even uh, girls uh, who are not able to operate computers, who are not able to talk in English. So we Mm -hmm. are a Bangalore-based, Bangalore head office uh, company. And then we Mm -hmm. spread our wings to Chennai and then Mumbai. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had a very, very nice office in all these locations until COVID happened. And right now, of course, we're all completely virtual. And our Mm -hmm. Bangalore head office, of course, remains. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, our company has been trying to not only provide HR, I mean, cutting edge HR consulting services, not just Mm -hmm. in recruitment, we also do something called virtual HR services, which is like Mm -hmm. outsourcing the HR work of startups who can't afford a full time HR team, Uh, we -hmm. outsource that work, we become their, um, you know, HR. And uh, we represent them in different forums and different platforms uh, for them. So that's what we do. And then, of course, we have training programs like future skill development for the youngsters between the age groups. I'm starting at the age group of 13, 14, because we feel that's where your your decision making is extremely critical when you're a teenager. Right. Your future sometimes is dependent on the decisions or the exposure you have as a kid. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of us grew up with only uh, family who are engineers and doctors and lawyers. We didn't really know social media influencers growing up. There was no social media. Let's, let's be fair. Yeah. There was yeah. no social media. But there, you know, we didn't know about careers which were like advertising. Or we didn't know about careers which are um, biotechnology or space. And you had very mm-hmm. few people who you knew in your circles, right? But today's mm-hmm. world is very different because social media, internet has really opened it up. So we want to mm-hmm. help. Um, young adults, we won't even call them kids anymore, young adults <laughs> channel their minds, um, get exposed to the opportunities out there, understand mm-hmm. what is required. And if somebody wants to be their own uh, startup and their own entrepreneur, something which we love, we are, uh, we'd love to encourage that in youngsters as well. So that's what the training program does. And yeah, so on and so forth. We do 100 other things. But yeah, this is the primary of what Excel and I do with it. Um, I joined the company around um, nine, nine and a half, ten 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a family business. It's very easy. Usually the entire family is involved, one way or the other. (laughs) Uh, It's just a matter of permanence. Like, is it just a stopover for you for six months because it's a summer break or you're waiting for a job offer letter? (laughs) Or is it a (laughs) full-time commitment um, you want to do for the company? Uh, Mm -hmm. In my case, I actually had started up a smaller company, which was into media communication. We were producing documentaries, short films. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my uh, background is a, a mass com background first and then a HR background. So I did my master's from Simbi and um, it was in films and television and uh, communication and content. Um, that's where I excelled in. So I joined Excel Corporation more from, you know, okay, pocket money. Um, I'll be working on the marketing and branding of the company. So I'll build the brand story and HR companies having a brand is not very common. It's, it's a lesser you know, it's a, it's a known industry. It's not very, uh, what do I say, cool or sexy mm-hmm. industry to say, oh my God, look at my product because it's a service.
0: So you have
1: to very intelligently build a brand around that and um, brand story around it. So um, my dream of having a documentary short film company, which is also doing corporate films, I had to work here so I could get some money so I could fund my dream, which is the other <laughs> one. So that, was, that is how my journey started in Excel. And before I knew it, I was completely sucked into this. Uh, it's been 10 years now. I'm the CEO of the company. Yeah, a lot of challenges that have come along the way, a lot of opportunities have come along the way, and a lot of Mm -hmm. innovations have come along the way. So I'm very grateful um, for all that life has thrown my way, uh, I would say, to get me where I am. That
0: is amazing. Wow. Like, I think that is the briefest you could (laughs) summarize your life journey into. But wow, what a journey! I didn't know about the uh, the training programs, and that is so amazing because I think a lot of women don't even have the awareness. Forget about women; I think nobody in our uh, our youth actually knew that. Wow. Okay, YouTuber is a profession. Or podcasting yeah, yeah. is a profession. Yeah, yeah. exactly, so, exactly. Making them aware about that is amazing. So, do you go to colleges, uh, or do you uh, have people right? Come so over we. To your
1: We kind of, uh, you know, these were one of the crazy things you did during COVID. So it was like a mastermind that happened during COVID. So we've been doing virtual sessions. Uh, We've tied up with, of course, a few institutions, but uh, we are doing a lot of private sessions as well. So our uh, website, if you go there, uh, it's www.excelcorporation.in. There's a page called FSDP, which is the Future Skill Development Program. It'll just give you a step-by-step of registration. Our Mm -hmm. courses are running, I think, uh, for the next six, seven months for sure. We have trainers on board. Everything is virtual because we know the world is not going to get back to normalcy anytime soon. So we're very aware of it. And uh, we want to build, um, uh, I think, accesses for people uh, through Mm. these platforms in a very comfortable way where you're safe, you're at home, you're able to Mm. follow it. Uh, Right now, we're running summer programs uh, because it's summer holidays for a lot of young adults. People are in between jobs, first internships. So it's a very, yeah, very, very cool time right now to join these kind of courses and explore further,
0: seeing what is out there. So yeah amazing that's amazing thank you for mentioning the link i'll definitely add that to the description so sure. uh, i think you've become what young girls always aspire to like there there is this quote that says become the ceo that your mom wants you to marry and i think you've become <laughs> that how does it feel how does it feel like when you took over the reins uh, so I'm going to correct that quote a bit.
1: I've become the CEO my mom dreamt of. I don't think she ever dreamt of me marrying a CEO. That didn't really <laughs> matter to her, like who the partner was. He should be a good human uh-huh. being. Uh, uh-huh. But I think she cared more about what I could make of myself. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah that's the modification. But thank you. Um, uh, I think anybody who's ever gotten anywhere in life, right, whether it's an executive level, it's a manager level, it's a CEO level, It is a lot of course about your hard work, your commitment, your sincerity, your patience, honesty, everything. But Mm -hmm. it cannot be achieved at least in a context like India. Um, You can't achieve it without the support of the family or your partner. So I have a very very supportive family. I'm very grateful to God for a very Mm -hmm. understanding partner. My husband's a media lawyer. His career is Mm -hmm. extremely demanding. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, is somebody who's like constantly, you know, on the move, on the call and things like that. So despite that, he's been an equal partner in the marriage, which is brilliant for me mm-hmm. and uh, my extended family, my in-laws, my parents, they're extremely supportive. They're very proud uh, people. So I think when girls achieve, right, you you have very mm-hmm. proud families behind them. When a girl mm-hmm. achieves a girl's source, you know mm-hmm. that it's a, she has gotten this far because of a lot of love, a lot of uh, blind faith in her and a lot of support of the family behind her. So I think uh, my CEO story is no different. I'm very blessed to have a great family, but I would definitely credit myself for the hard work, the innovation, uh, opportunity, seeing an opportunity and seizing it. I think that's very important. A lot of us miss out on this huge O word called opportunity uh, Mm. because we just kind of live life without observing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was
1: also guilty of it. I'm sure a lot of people are guilty of it. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're on cruise control, you're on autopilot mode for some parts of your life. You have don't even know what you've done. Like, I can't remember a, a, a few years of my college life. I can't remember the first few years of my life in Excel. It's a blank. Like, I don't know what I was doing. I mean, I, I definitely didn't do anything significant. Hence, it's a blank. It's a blur. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking... So those were my autopilot and those were my, you know, like cruise control modes of life. And then suddenly I realized, oh, my God, I'm wasting life. Life is too precious. It's too short. And you know, there, there are these awakenings everybody gets every yeah. now and then. Yeah. A friend gets married. You suddenly like, oh my god, we're all too old. Oh no, <laughs> come on, you have to do something before you get married. Like, take off. You know, your friends have babies, and then you're like, oh my god, it's time to have kids. Okay, take off, take off before you actually go and have a kid. So, there, there are a lot of wake up calls, and then there are pandemics. I mean, if this is not a wake up call, I don't know what is. Um, I, I know so many people who wanted to pursue something in life, and then because of pandemic, they've changed their focus 100 degrees. They were extremely corporate professional oriented. Now they've become NGO and social workers. Um, mm-hmm. There were people who were extremely passionate about uh, a, a specific area, and then they realized, mm-hmm. oh my God, the healthcare sector really needs more people. And they've started mm-hmm. developing based products for healthcare. And, so, you know, I mean, these are your small, small wake up call. I mean, This is a huge wake up call, but I'm saying life gives you a lot of wake up calls, a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, as women, as people in general, you have to learn to start keeping your eyes wide open for those opportunities to pass by. I'm not saying mm-hmm. there's only one opportunity that comes in life. I'm a big believer of second and third chances for everybody in life because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all learners of life, Yeah, we're all students of life. I always call myself a student of life. So. Wow. It, it's okay if you miss this don't don't think it's the end of the world there will be something else that comes up but start right. identifying when it comes up because life also has a limited stock it's all like okay yeah. boss you missed the first one I gave you second you missed the second I gave you a fifth now come on I don't have any more left to give you <laughs> so yeah keep your eyes
0: wide open what I would say for sure nice that's amazing and there were so many key takeaways in just just one of those answers brilliant so I I'm I would like to know, like, both of you being into media, like your earlier company was also in, uh, you made it, I mean, you started your company, what was it called?
1: Uh, It was was a subsidiary of
0: Excel Corporation. So it was just known as Excel Production, like the baby unit of Excel. So it was Excel Production, yeah. Okay, nice. So what did you do in that? Like, what was your role? Yeah, uh, so
1: um, I started it with a partner of mine. We both were uh, fresh postgraduates out of Simbi. And uh, we just were like, crazy like we will do something and we shall achieve and we'll show them all (laughs) and this was in 2010 when um, internet wasn't that bombastic I mean it was just catching up right we had just finished the orchid phase and we were coming into Facebook I'm talking about back in the day okay so so it wasn't very easy for um, your work to travel the world but it was not so Mm -hmm. difficult that now you couldn't knock on doors so I remember we did projects for MTV because we had seniors who were working in MTV. So it was very good to connect with our alumni. And that's a great tip, guys. If you ever feel you need to knock on doors, start with home. Start first with your own parents, cousins, family. If that doesn't work, go to your college level, school level. Reach out to your alumni. That's worked wonders for me. It still does. When I have to reach out to guests for, uh, for you know our podcasts... Sometimes mm-hmm. I just run short of like really good guests. I just reach out to my own I saying, please help. I need a guest this week. Come on, guys. And now, luckily, the podcast is a brand now. So they feel very privileged to come onto to it. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But I have begged a lot <laughs> as well. So it's OK. So anyway, uh, moving back to this. So uh, we did projects for um, MTV. We did projects for uh, RBI. Grameen Kuta was their uh, microfinancing mm-hmm. uh, organization. So we did script work for uh, uh, their films for third party um okay. we worked for uh, films for cultural films for the karnataka government the tamil nadu government where we had a little easier access hence it was these two governments we worked with uh, we okay. also sent a lot of uh, film uh, representations to nascom uh, wells fargo was another bank that we uh, you know pitched work to hamleys acquired by reliance mm-hmm. Again, we had a common connection there. So he was able to send us work because we were first timers. And we were like, please give us an opportunity. And we got it. So there were a lot okay. of really nice stories that happened this way. Um, there were, I mean, there were hundreds of others that we did. But one thing we realized with this, um, at least back in the day, was um, you need deep pockets to be in the media business. Um, mm-hmm. It is not that you produce today, you get your profits tomorrow. It, it, I mean, now things have changed. It's a lot better with OTT coming in. But again, uh, uh, 2010, 2011 was not exactly that. Um, You had Mm -hmm. to really put in your money, wait for three, four years to actually see any kind of returns and profits. So I learned Mm -hmm. it very fast in business that unless there's profit coming in, there's really no point being uh, the founder and entrepreneur of any company. Because if you can't Mm -hmm. pay your staff, you can't pay yourself, you can't have a quality of life, it's really not worth it. I mean, Mm -hmm. all those. Unless you have really good, now you have investors who are ready to invest in media companies. Um, Back Mm -hmm. in the day, I'm sure there were investors, but basically, unless you had deep pockets, it was very difficult to fund your own businesses. Basically, that's what it was. And um, Mm -hmm. that is the reason um, you needed to really get good capital, good investors in. If you didn't have contact with those kind of people, then you start thinking innovatively. What else can I do? So I started Mm -hmm. funding my business with my other work. I worked somewhere else, and then I would moonlight as a creative person in my own company. So that's what I did for a few years. And then I realized I couldn't um, do justice to the roles, the senior roles I was getting in the HR company. So hence, Mm -hmm. I had to cut back focus. I sold out. That was my first successful exit. I sold the company to my friend. I got out. And then I just continued with Excel Corporation. But that that creative bug never kept quiet. It never died. Hence, Mm -hmm. I think podcast was basically um, a cry for help through that, for sure.
0: That I think that's a beautiful way of channeling your creative energy. Right now, I think people who matter. I listened to a couple of episodes already, and your uh, with the way you have uh, tuned the entire conversation. Even if I don't know the person, I would definitely know the person inside out by the end of any episode. That's yeah, you. You doing a great job on that. So, Thank you. So, how is it like? Uh, like when when companies uh, approached you in like just one follow up question on your previous uh, sure. company. When clients come to you, do they have a lack of brand story, and you help them build that brand story? What was the role that you played?
1: Uh, you're talking about uh, podcasting or you're talking about the other yeah. company? Yeah, the, the first, first one. company. Okay. Yeah, so it was basically, um, uh, I think it was supplemental brand stories because we weren't big enough to uh, provide complete brand content for them. I don't think we were the right people for them, but mm-hmm. we were like the offshoot wings of advertising and PR companies that were working for them. So, if they needed yeah. a, a story for a brand, uh, you know, featuring yeah. just the, the positives that they're doing, CSR was a huge word then. It still is, mm-hmm. but back then it was an like innovative word that came to Indian market. So, we would do mm-hmm. a lot of CSR NGO films uh, for companies, etc., which would yeah. add on to their complete brand profile. I didn't. I'm not saying we handle the entire brand today for yeah. um, startups. We're doing that. So, Excel Corporation itself has integrated a content communication division ever since yeah. the podcast picked up. And uh, today we are a wholesome, uh, we, pro- we provide brand services for startups as well. That's what we've become today. So we're That's not just an HR setup. virtual setup, but we've become an extension of, so we, we've we become a very f- startup friendly space. Like you come to us, we're a one stop. You get everything right wow. here. And mm-hmm. uh, apart from, of course, our bigger clients, which are Fortune 500s, uh, mm-hmm. Indian business partners, MSMEs, we of course cater to all of them. But there we've primarily kept it as an HR training focused um, kind of a service. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, I read about that. That's why I was like, uh, there, there were a like lot of clients mentioned and I was not sure how Excel Corporation was actually catering to those clients. That's amazing. So that means uh, if a company is set up in India and uh, is, is starting out in India, they can reach out to you for recruitment as well as... Uh, uh, creating content for them on social media or Absolutely. otherwise brand
1: development we'll call it as brand yeah. development um, so yes uh, they can reach out to us for all HR services not just recruitment but complete HR services and complete brand and brand related services so we've become that in India but uh, we also service uh, for HR we've always serviced clients in Singapore and Australia as well Dubai as well yeah So uh, HR-wise, we're a very well-established company in India. We're one of the top 10 in Bangalore City. We're one of the top three. Um, So that way, I think we've established ourselves as a name to reckon with when it comes to the HR business. Uh, In the podcast space, yes, individually, my podcast has done extremely well. And it stands out among the podcasts which are in the market for sure. But as a brand entity, we're still developing our services for sure. But we've got some excellent clients um, right now for the
0: brand as well. Amazing. So, like, do you have a team focused for just video, edit, video editing and uh, camera and all of those? Like, how big is the People Who Matter team? Like, do they come up with themes for every season? Like, I know you've had two seasons and some are on, only available on Audible. So, what does that no, really. go about? Sure.
1: So I'll add in there, we've had three seasons. The first two seasons are available uh, on every streaming podcast platform. That's what helped us build our subscriber base. And then Audible approached us for an exclusive deal in season three. So right now for one year we're exclusive with Audible, season three launched on Jan 17, 2021. We recorded the complete thing during COVID. It has some excellent speakers. I mean, you have to listen to them. We've got the heads of uh, Bajaj Life Insurance. We've got authors like Chitra Banerjee. Uh, We've got Um, the best voices in India Uh, we've got Mm -hmm. some of the best marketers content providers fintech technology heads Mm -hmm. so you just have to tune into that season in audible it's people who matter by Bhargavi or people who matter podcast you'll get it there Um, so yeah uh, okay funny story I started as a one woman team so uh, (laughs) people who matter podcast was uh, started in 2018 in November and um, it was really uh, one of those times when my mind was autopilot again, like I had no clue what was happening, you know, from I couldn't make one different from the other. Every day was the same. The problems mm-hmm. were same, the same, struggles were the same, the threats were the same and the opportunities were the same. And uh, I was extremely um, bored with what I was doing. Clearly, mm-hmm. a simple and plain answer. I love my company. I love what it's given to me and I would continue developing it. But there can't be any entrepreneur who's been 10 years in the business of the same organization who doesn't wake up and say, oh, my God, today, what different? I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Innovation is literally a cry for help sometimes from the tedious, monotonous uh, life that you lead. That's what mm-hmm. innovation comes from. Sometimes it's necessity. I totally agree that, you know, if there's a lack of something, then innovation comes. But in my mm-hmm. case, innovation has always come when life's monotony has hit me. And um, that's literally the story of podcasts as well. So I used to listen to podcasts when I was holidaying in my sister's place in US. And that is a mm-hmm. mature market, where podcasts were already available. I
0: mm-hmm. mean, fun
1: fact, podcasts have been in the world for the last 17 years. That's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. In India, we know about the word podcast hardly in the last one to two years. And even in (laughs) India, there have been podcasters who've been doing work since 2015, 2016. So Mm. it's not an extremely new thing. It's just that nobody knows about it. Awareness has always been less about the podcast space. So I'm very thankful to podcasters like you as well, who are making an effort, you know, trying to spread Mm. the message of the tribe, as I say. So it's good. More, more power to people like us. But um, coming back to people who matter. So it started as a one woman army. I had my Apple Mac. I had a garage band software to edit and record. I had a, I was working in an office space which actually had the equipment and nobody knew how to use it, which was the best mm-hmm. part. So I was in wow. a co-working of sorts uh, in a financial uh, international bank. I can't say the name, uh, but uh, it was an international bank space where mostly fintech technology and other service providers were sitting and so mm-hmm. we were one of them who got uh, in you know integrated into their system as the hr service providers and we were trying mm-hmm. to you know um find a foothold in Mumbai city. And Mumbai is a very hard place to get a hold of. And address is everything in Mumbai, especially when it comes to business. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Like other cities, it really doesn't matter. In Mumbai and Delhi, it's a very important thing. Where you live is pretty much defined who you are and what your business is. So we were lucky that we got invited into this place, which is in Lower Perel, mm-hmm. Peninsula Business Park. And mm-hmm. we were like, OK, fantastic, five-star address. We have arrived. And then we arrived. And of course, we made some great business partners, great clients who are still clients of ours today. But um, it kind of put you back in that, you know, that autopilot, what next mode. And Mm. this space had a actually, uh, it had a soundproof room of sorts, which was not soundproof. According to them, it was. And there was some equipment and stuff which was stashed away, which was like a mic. There were headphones, uh, some basic recording gear. And I was just, you know, taking a call one of those days and I was twiddling my thumb and I'm like, oh my God, look at this place. It actually has like foam. Oh my God, this actually has like some noise. So, you know, the the media, the creative kira and me suddenly was like alive and kicking like, oh my God, what is this place? First time I'm looking at it. I've stared at the same wall for eight months and I didn't realize that (laughs) until that one aha moment, the Eureka moment that came to me. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, OK, this is a fantastic space. I must use it. And that's how my journey into podcasting started. Um, so yeah. before uh, People Who Matter, I did a radio show for a friend's company, which is uh, an international music company based in Kerala. And mm-hmm. uh, these guys uh, make, um, in, they help indie artists to be found. And uh-huh. uh, they were looking for a radio show. They were, It was actually going to be a radio show. Uh, and they wanted it to be continuous for a period of five, six months. And I was just like randomly anyway bored and reaching out and I constantly keep in touch with what's happening in the creative scene. So when I heard it's a startup, so it ticks all my boxes. It was like startup, it was tech driven, it was music, which I love. So I'm like, oh, perfect. I mean, and they approached me. So I was like, why not? Let's like do something for you. So I made a travel mm-hmm. show for them from a two by two room, which wow. took people around the world just with me sitting in my studio. It was super fun. Wow. I used to record it uh, after my office hours. so It was after 7.38 in the night. I would stay back uh-huh. in the office, do my show for one hour. And then I would like carry on with the rest of my night. So in Bombay, even 9 o'clock is known as evening. It is still, oh, how's your evening going, right? So it's <laughs> and what was in Bangalore, like, okay, good night. Sorry, we disturbed you at 9, a, 9 p.m. And you're like, what are you saying? I'm out. I'm like, I'm having evening now. So yeah, basically, so the culture helped that Bombay sleeps late. So it was good for me. So anyway, my, my meeting, my social life uh, would start after one more hour. So I had the time to, you know, fill it up with a radio show. It was called Escape with Bhargavi it's still available Definitely as a podcast yeah so you should go check it out It was real fun I had super yeah. fun making it so that was like my practice test mm-hmm. it's like after six years I was back on a mic it it took I didn't do any voiceovers I didn't do any films in that uh, six year period and mm-hmm. so for me I had to relearn everything like my voice motivation volume editing how fast could I do it how slow am I at it mm-hmm. so these things were very important for me to pick up again so I think the show really helped me experiment once I got done with this I'm like Okay, I can launch a podcast like this is not bad. I've done this. So I did it for six months with the radio show. And then I was like, November 2018, I was like, let's start a podcast. I did my research on how to start up. We had literally no material about it in India. And everything that I know, even today, um, a lot of material that you have is all US-oriented or Dubai oriented. Don't have indigenous Indian material for it. So Mm -hmm. here's where I'm working in another marketing thing, which I'm now famous for. I have recently authored a book, which is like a beginner's guide to podcasting. So wow. it is going to be published in a month and soon it will be available to everyone. So it's from an Indian perspective and it's from a first person account. So all my mistakes, my journey and mm-hmm. all the good things that happen, all the bad things that happen that you can avoid as a podcaster and use mm-hmm. podcasting to earn money as well. I think that is the aim of the book. Mm-hmm. Don't just take it up yeah. as a hobby, but please mm-hmm. make it as a skill that you can you know, monetize out of. Uh, I think today that's very important. If people Mm -hmm. are spending any kind of time, even on TikTok, they're looking to become influencers and they're looking to earn some money out of it. So Mm -hmm. anyone anywhere, of course, we believe in a social cause. We want to um, provide the messaging for free. But I think you will only stick your neck out in the game if there's some monetary value attached to it. So Mm -hmm. hence, I think podcasting is the next big thing. Audio is the next big thing, guys. Clubhouse is here. I don't have to say more so people are really even the elitist people are now going back to saying oh my god i'm on clubhouse it's so cool i'm invited to a private room and you're like haha welcome back to audio good for podcasters (laughs) i'm really happy and it's the age of uh, audio for sure so i think good things are out there for all of us so people who Matter started as a one-person army and because i was trained in editing and everything else it became super easy so in my book i actually shared lessons of how you can do it on your own and share a uh, very useful websites yes. which helped me, which I didn't know. Like there was a transcription website. I had to transcribe mm-hmm. a 25 minute podcast and it was hell. And I had hired interns to do it for me because I'm like, I can't do this boss. I have to run a company. So somebody has to be there to do the grunt work. And I'm like, please intern, please. I mean, there's an opportunity of a lifetime. Come on, do it. We <laughs> <laughs> so really sold it to them and, um, mm-hmm they did a fab job. They're also mentioned in the book and they became like my next team. So they were more, I hired people more to market the podcast because I knew I can edit it and I can present it. But Mm. um, how do you make people aware of what is podcast, right? That is a challenge Mm. forever. Like I started with my own family. I asked my parents, do you know what a podcast is? And they just stared at me like, is it another thing fun. that you're doing? And I'm like, uh, yes, it is the next <laughs> new thing that I'm doing. It's true. So I was the first person podcast of my like family, extended family, friends circle. Nobody knew about podcasting in India. So I actually mm-hmm. uh, with my team, we started making these chodu, um, these really small snippets. Like now, uh-huh. Insta Reel has come. But it was yeah. a real of the time. We made 15, 30 second small snippet videos. We would put it out as posts and stories everywhere on mm-hmm. what is a podcast and even multilingual things. So it was like in Tamil, Telugu, Bengali, Punjabi, Bhojpuri, Hindi, oh. English. It's there, it's there on our... If you, if you go to my Instagram and my Twitter feed, which is uh, eighty six. if you go there and see it, you'll find the entire wall covered with those uh, posts that we put up in two, three years back now. It was super fun. We had a lot of fun making them. And it's real fun. Like, you know, it's like, choda and bada And, you know, <laughs> cute catch things like that that we put up. So people get attracted yeah. to what the podcasts at Because they have some, uh, what do I say, recall value. And, uh-huh. um, you know, start listening to different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Um that was People Who Matter story but we, season 3 we definitely I, I hired professional editors because we were tying up with a bigger platform we were providing to a worldwide release um, mm-hmm. so the advantage of People Who Matter was it's so always a worldwide show it's never been an India show because getting 2 million downloads in India is impossible we don't have that kind of a leadership we don't have that kind of culture of podcast listening in India though as per data it's 43 million people in India tune into podcasts now apparently <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure how long this stick onto a show. Like if it's a 15-minute show, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're listening to your intro and tuning off or are they listening to five minutes and tuning off or 20 minutes. We don't have that kind of data and statistics yet to point out and say this is the drop area. This is where mm-hmm. they pick it up, unlike mature markets. Mm-hmm. So um, most of my listenership, of course, big chunk of it came from India because it was about Indian founders, Indian businesses, Indian startups. But mm-hmm. it was also very interesting for people who are looking to invest in India. India is a great marketplace right now. Everybody yeah. wants to invest in India. They want a skin in the game in the Indian big story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my listenership was also extremely large in US and Canada, Australia, Dubai, Singapore. These also built the remaining 49% of my listenership. So I'm mm-hmm. very grateful that that happened. I I hosted it in a site, which was not an Indian site because nothing was available. So I mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there was no choice. I had to host it on a US uh, server. And because okay. I hosted it there, it kind of gave me the reach that I wanted. It gave me everyone. So. Oh. That was a story of success that happened to me. And today, it's a lot different. I think there are a lot of good content in India. A podcast is going regional. We have some very successful regional podcasts in uh, Mm -hmm. Hindi, Tamil, Telugu, uh, Bengali, Bhojpuri. I mean, they're really fun podcasts. I listen to a couple of them because I'm a linguist. I've grown up in different parts of India. So I can understand a lot of languages and a bit of abroad. So I listen to certain shows just to better my show as well. It's Mm -hmm. research. Everything is research now. So you listen to it and you're like, what is out there? Oh, wow. Okay, I can do something else. So uh, Mm -hmm. we went one step further from People Who Matter. Now we produce podcasts for brands. So now, like I said, we are doing a brand, we're a brand solutions team for companies. So we make tailor-made podcasts for brands. So if you're like a fitness brand i'm making a fitness podcast for you if you're a sports brand i'm making a sports podcast for you so that's what we've now gotten to do and we've shown it with our own success story i didn't have to take someone else's money and build a brand out of it i did it in my own company my brand so that kind of is my mvp it's like look at it my mvp is ready i've succeeded this is the amount i've turned over because at the end of the day i'm an entrepreneur that has to kick in the business sense the roi has to kick in it doesn't, it doesn't go away just because I'm creative. So yeah, I think this time around I'm much better in my creative and content journey as a mm-hmm. as a podcaster, I would say, than I was as a kid of Excel
0: production, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So you you keep answering a lot of these questions that I have. So that thank you so much for covering all of those points. Um, like I have like there are like a bunch of questions in my mind right now from the answer. So one thing, um you, you, I do understand that Clubhouse is for iOS only, and uh, yes. but then 97% of, I think, India uses Android. I so know, uh, do we, uh, for the young podcasters out there, do we have to feel guilty about not having our podcast on Apple Podcast? Or is it okay to get your subscribers regionally from other uh, uh, podcast uh, uh-huh. platforms?
1: All right, very good question. Because um, had you asked me this three years ago, I would have been like Apple podcast is Bible, right? Because there was nothing else. Spotify was yeah. just entering the market. Audible had not even entered the market. Geo Saman did not exist in podcast. Ghana was not then podcast. We don't have Cuckoo FM. We didn't have Khabri. We didn't have a lot of platforms. Today, there's so many, right? So really? three years back, um, I, I will tell you a very funny experience also as mentioned in my book. But um, I registered for this Apple podcasting as soon as my first episode was ready in People Who Matter. I just applied to it through my RSS feed to Apple. And that time, it was a big deal. Apple was rejecting a lot of uh, non-US-based podcasts, at least. That's what I came to know, unless your quality is OK. Because they had a huge problem with people not following sound sound editing and sound requirements, which make a very decent Apple podcast. I don't blame them at all. If I was in their space, I would want people to hear good stuff on my platform. Instead mm-hmm. of anything and everything, right? I so, so and that also kind of uh, shapes the podcaster to get better at their game. If yeah. I was at level one, I would like to be level fifteen because Apple would then let me come in, and that improves my game as a podcaster. I always yeah. look at negative criticism or rules and regulations like this. I always think of okay, why is it there? Okay, is it going to help me improve? Great. If I can get there, then good for me as well. Like yes. I mean, I know it sounds snooty. It really sounds snooty when you think of Apple as a brand. I mean. I'm guilty of having Apple products and I'm a huge endorser of Apple. But I understand from a population um, standpoint, mm. um, making something exclusive to iOS makes it very elitist and very io- uh, very snooty. However, mm. it kind of helps you up your game as well. If you look at it from that way, it's all a perspective change. Mm. So um, three years back uh, when I woke up one morning and this was after I submitted to Apple, it used to take at least 7 to 11 days to get okayed by Apple. That's the amount right. of time it took. Okay, Um, Okay. and it may or may not happen. And if Apple doesn't take it up, then there are very Mm -hmm. few options left for you to put your podcast. There's only Google podcast left. Uh, YouTube, Mm -hmm. you can put it as a static podcast with just one image going and people hopefully listening to that one thing. Nobody listens listens to anything on YouTube. They watch things, right? So your chances are very less. So it was very Mm -hmm. important Apple said yes to your podcast. Because then through Apple, Mm -hmm. you will get recasted in other places like Overcast, Stitcher, and those things, which were in US.
0: Mm. So 11,
1: seven days later, I just, anyway, you know, I would periodically just check my work mails and I would go and check my podcast mails. And there I saw this Apple acceptance and I squealed. I, I squealed like I got into some college or something. I really, I was like, oh my God. I find entire staff flow was like, what's wrong with her? Why is she behaving like this? And it was in the middle of a work office. It was in the middle of a financially heavy uh, setup. And I was like jumping up and squealing like Apple podcast got mine. I mean, Apple podcast said okay to mine. And they're like okay, thanks. We're on calls. Please keep it low. And I'm like, you don't share my joy, but you don't know what a big deal this is. But it was a big deal. So that time, Apple Podcast was a huge thing. Today, like you rightly pointed out, um, 97% have Android phones and nothing wrong with it. So obviously you have to go to platforms which are conducive to your recording devices. People are recording in different things. They're editing in Audacity. They're editing in Adobe Premiere Pro, final cut pro for apple people so there are yeah. all kinds of different um, editing softwares as well so whatever is conducive for your editing software to share it with please go ahead i always say there is always a listener for every single podcast you don't have to aim for 2 million it happens sometimes it happens it's like a you know a random video going viral
0: yeah, so
1: it's like that. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is that. It took me three years mm. to get here, so it's a lot of hard work, sweat, um, moonlighting as a podcaster. I did a lot of that, but I'm just mm. saying if you are a podcaster, start with because only because of passion, don't start because of anything else. Because, mm. like you, you have to come every Saturday and put out a show out there. You have to yeah. sacrifice yours. So, you're inviting a guest to only one Saturday of their life, but this is every Saturday of your life, so you have <laughs> to be. You have to be committed. You have to be consistent as a podcaster. If you can't do that every time you have promised your people that there's a show coming out, there's Mm. really no point being a podcaster is what I would say. So if you have a platform which is conducive to your device and your software that you're using, please go ahead and use it. Now there is really no um, difference between this platform and that platform. Apple Mm. used to be the goal. Standard. Some somewhere I feel maybe I'm an older school of podcaster now. It's just been three years, but I've become an old school myself. So, I mean, for me, it became gold standard. And mm. Apple rated my podcast as five on five within the first one month of release. We just put up two episodes. We only used to do thank you, thank you. I'm very proud of that. All the other awards as a CEO I get, it's cool. Thank you for that. But this is like hard work. It's like yeah. it comes from a very deep place. So when they gave me a five on five in one month of podcasting. That, that was my real validation that I'm a podcaster. Like, my content is good. People are listening, not just in India, but in mature podcasting markets. That mm. was very important to me. Because in a new market, no, anything you give, it'll be like accepted yeah. sometimes. Because good. you don't know any better. You've not seen anything mm. else.
0: Good, now, good. if in
1: a mature market, your podcast is able to establish itself as a game changer, and people from there are right. writing in and saying, hey, I listened to your podcast. It's really good, yeah? I mean, I can't believe you're a first-time podcaster. These are the kind of reviews and feedback used to get. And I was like, Oh, day is made, life is made. This is the best day of my life. It still is. I mean, even now when I get a positive comment, I'm over the moon. Like that whole day I'll be having this huge smile on my face. My husband is like, you look creepy. And I'm like, I don't care. I got a great review. Today is my day. So yeah, it's it's basically that.
0: Hmm. So just a curiosity, uh, have you ever been have you ever felt autopilot after starting People Who Matter?
1: no i take seasonal breaks because of that i knew i will get into an autopilot if i do like 100 episodes continuously which is what is Zub suggested as a podcaster they say a podcaster mm. builds a subscriber base only after crossing continuously you know 1 to 50 50 to 100 100 to 200 i feel in a non fiction podcast like mine is which is like a interview style which is more like a talk show um, mm-hmm. And it's like a value add and it's entertainment because in season three, just mm-hmm. to put it out there, uh, we have a never have I ever section with our guests, which is super fun. They spill the secrets that they've never done before on a very proper public platform, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have something called the mantras of success, where they actually point out just three mantras you might, they've adopted, which might help you to probably mm-hmm. overcome whatever you're you know, going through and get successful. So um, the format also has to change. For Mm -hmm. you to not be an autopilot. And forget about you. It's your listener, right? They can't be like, oh, she's back again. or she's going to do the same thing. And what is the big deal? Right? Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. always listen to any podcast as a listener, including mine. If I am Mm -hmm. getting bored in the edit, I'm like, this is not going to work. Trash the episode. Like, just be indifferent to it and trash it. Because if you can't enjoy mm-hmm. it as a discount, trust me, nobody mm-hmm. else is duty-bound to love your podcast. Nobody else, except for maybe your mom and dad, out of like, oh my god, I gave birth to this one, might have to listen to its podcast. <laughs> Only because of that, then I go and like and review and share. But mm-hmm. uh, nobody else is duty-bound to listen to your podcast, including yes. your boyfriend, girlfriends' partners. They'll be like, please, babe, no, not this. <laughs> so, Unless you are able to enjoy your content, please don't put it out there. Nobody else is going to enjoy it. That's my strict advice to anybody who puts it. So I take seasonal breaks uh, coming back to it. So I've only only done 29 episodes. That's Mm -hmm. it. People who matter only has 29 episodes. So it's an easy listen. It's not like, oh my God, there's so much to catch up on. And you can pick and choose. There are different topics. Each topic Mm -hmm. addresses something that I thought was a concern. So as a HR Mm -hmm. person, um, I used to hear a lot of these queries on my HR handles where people would write to me on LinkedIn on Bhargavi Swami, and they'd be like, ma'am, I'm not getting a job. What are the skill sets required for an actual uh, person to succeed in an interview? My English is really weak. How do I succeed? Or mm-hmm. I want to make a career in marketing, but uh, how do I get there? Or what are the mm-hmm. new opportunities in tech? What are the kind of startups mm-hmm. I should look at? Mm. I'm from a small town, how do I, I, I feel very, uh, you know, I feel very small when it comes to a lot of my colleagues from the other spaces, how do I build my confidence, these are very real problems of people, and uh, yeah. people who matter literally started to tell everybody, you know, mm. you may be a CEO, you might be just a, a pun in a company, or you might be an aspirant intern anywhere, it's for you, you matter, that's what the, the show is about, people who matter are literally for me people, you matter. And Mm. for you guys, whatever your problems are, listen to this episode, it might give you an answer. Listen to their story, it might help you out. Listen to my story, it might help you out too. So there's Mm. something for everyone and people who matter. It's just 29 episodes. So I keep it that way because I enjoy short content. I Mm. also don't want a lengthy thing which never ends. Uh, uh, I mean, opposite to that is a story. Now, there are a lot of podcasts which are retelling the Mahabharata, retelling Bhagavad Gita or adapting it to real life, retelling the Ramayana. Now, these podcasts can't be short because obviously these are epics. You have to have yeah. 100, 200, 800,000 episodes. So for me, mm. those kind of podcasts, having that kind of um, a timeline consistency works better. Uh, mm. Compared to a non-fiction podcast trying to have 100 episodes, I'm sure somewhere the podcaster will sound repetitive. monotonous. There aren't 100 selves to mm. yourself. I mean, I'm right. a Gemini. I think there are 20 people inside me. Even I can get exhausted after 20 episodes.
0: <laughs> so for people who are not Gemini's, God help you. I don't know how you're doing it for <laughs> 100 episodes. So. God, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, so I just want to know a little about your uh, HR recruitment part. Uh, one question that I had was: Do does your company make use of ATS, or does your uh, do you use AI in any way to filter your the amount of resumes that flow in for a particular domain or industry? How does that process go by?
1: okay so uh, we started out as a HR consulting firm when things were still traditional very manual in terms of uh, how you source resumes yes in the last six years we've changed we moved to an ATS and an AI model but we um, we do a third party through it so we don't really have our own app we didn't want to invest in one because there were already so many in the market so we Mm -hmm. use that to kind of filter the first process but however I would say uh, we work on very niche requirements Um, as a recruiting company we don't work for 100 openings let me be clear. We don't do bulk hirings at all. So if anybody is looking to connect with us, it's actually for positions you're not able to close. So we are always the N-tar, uh consulting company that they come to. They've tried something for six months, eight months, ten months. It's not happening. Go to Excel Corporation. It will happen within 15 days. That is our oh, wow. client review. That is how we are. So mm. that's the kind of business model we built. Because we don't want to become another knockery monster times. is enough for that. There are enough mm. people in the market for that and there are a lot of there are a lot of companies who invested in ai ats in human resources and not seen success either see human Mm. resources is about human touch points and that Mm. is one basic core value of the business that a lot of people miss unless your own your your first points of contact for any company right are the human resource executives of a consulting firm we are the brand ambassadors for a client
0: if Mm. my client
1: is xyz And most clients are not Tata Birla's. Not everybody's brand is brilliantly known outside, unless they start building their brand story. That's a secondary thing. So we are Mm -hmm. the first people who tell people about your brand. So we should be convinced that I'm working for an ethically sound company. It's a company that's not going to shut down tomorrow. My -hmm. hygiene check for my client is very important. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. how I work as a consultant, because somebody's career is in my hands. Somebody's Mm -hmm. family depends on that one person earning. And that one person earning might get or might not get a job because of me or my team. So that is a perspective with which we look and approach work. We don't approach it as a blockchain AI, filter 20 CVs, choose whichever the the computer throws up at you and take it. No, we're more specialized than that. Of course, we use AI and ATS to initially sift out the bulk. But we actually have human touch points to interview these candidates through video and audio to understand Mm -hmm. who they are, what is their background, why are they changing, what are their vulnerabilities, what might prompt Mm -hmm. them to change again in one year. Why are they dealing? Mm. Why are they why have they continued working in one company for more than five years? Because today five years is a big deal being in one company, right? It's almost like how our parents used to work for 25 years in one company. Today, five <laughs> years is equivalent to that. Because everybody's changing in one year, two years, and becoming an entrepreneur after that. So nobody yeah. really wants to work for anyone anymore unless situations like COVID make you realize how important money and salary is. And then mm. you come back you're ready to work anywhere. So I think it's a full circle that comes. But as a company, we've still not given up the core human touchpoint values uh, which is very essential for our kind of business and mm-hmm. that is what it, I mean that is what has given us success because we're able to customize a candidate for a company's requirement and today mm-hmm. the more tech-driven the company is the lesser AI related candidates you can give them because they themselves can create you know apps and models and sifters to go through and mm-hmm. find these 10 CVs it's not difficult at all why do they have to come to me they have to come yeah. to me because I provide that extra expertise which they lack so mm-hmm. yes that's the way we
0: amazing so all through all these uh 10 years and the three years of uh people who matter if you were to name your top three challenges uh especially now that we had a pandemic in between i can understand yeah. that but uh, oh my god yeah challenges so
1: every day is a challenge
0: <laughs> there's no top three but
1: okay <laughs> highlight points uh i would say opportunities i wouldn't even call them challenge because um what we do with the opportunity is up to us, but at least seeing them as opportunity and game changers and business shifters. So 2010, the year I got out, was two mm-hmm. years after the biggest recession India had had 2008. And then 2010 was just as bad because market was just opening up, but there weren't enough jobs in the market for everyone. That also mm. prompted people like me to start up my own company because I realized that I'm one of the lucky few who has that muscle power where I'm not the primary earner of my family. They don't depend on my salary. So I could have the liberty to start something, try it out, maybe pass, maybe fail at it. I don't know. But mm. um so I've seen that. I started with that. So for me, mm. money and having a, running capital was always a very, very important thing in an organization, in a business, because I started paying salaries at the age of 23. So I've, I know the importance of uh, giving somebody a monthly salary. I know the responsibility of having that much in your account. So you can pass on salaries. It doesn't matter if you take home the money, please understand Mm -hmm. life of an entrepreneur is captain of the ship. You get all the rewards last. At least mm. we are those kind of entrepreneurs, not the ones who swindle and run to another country. But we are the ones who want to stay here, build a business, help people, mm. help their families, help ourselves. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, you're the last person to receive anything. That is what an entrepreneur is. So you have to constantly be funded for you to fund others. So that was one of the biggest learnings, I would say, not even a challenge that I faced in 2010, 2011 when the business was you know, slowing down. Um, the second thing came across when I was shifting cities so uh, my husband I told you was a media lawyer so he was changing jobs he's a corporate professional he's not an entrepreneur so whenever Mm. he moved I obviously wanted to be with him so I moved and Mm. there what I did was instead of uh, buckling down and saying oh my god what am I going to do let me just quit my company or let me keep traveling to and fro I set up offices Mm. wherever I moved so we were in Chennai so I set up a branch office of ours in Chennai we or Chennai is the automobile Uh, capital of India, like the Detroit of US, that's Chennai. So you had the best automobile manufacturing companies. Today, of course, Gujarat is giving Chennai a runoff for its money. But um, at that point of time, it had the best automobile companies, right from Daimler, uh, Mercedes, Renault, Volkswagen, everything. So we started coordinating with whichever this area was good for, we started Mm -hmm. looking at that as an opportunity. So I moved to Chennai, made them as my clients. Of course, tech sector was booming there. Uh, they become our, became our next level of clients. A lot of um, good exchanges in terms of networking with people. Networking always helps people, uh, whoever's listening to this or watching this. Please understand your your school network, your college network, your family network. I'm Mm -hmm. calling them network. I'm not calling them soul sisters and support groups. They are a different category. I'm calling it network because even today, you know, for a COVID emergency, if you want to reach out to something, you're putting it out on your social media. You're sharing it on your WhatsApp because it's a network of somebody somewhere seeing it, passing it on to someone, getting that help and passing it back to you. Mm -hmm. Business is Mm -hmm. also exactly the same. Please use your networks. Don't be too shy about it and reach out to people. Tell them what you do. Because these are opportunities. Don't look at them as, oh, my God, how can I approach? I hated this person in class 10 and now today I have to go back to them. Please. I mean, they also have the same feelings towards you. But if it's mutually beneficial, anybody will accept it. Please relax and (laughs) go out and reach it. There's really no shame in it. So as an entrepreneur, I can stick my hat out and say that. Uh, The last, of course, most recent challenge was, of course, the COVID pandemic. It's crazy. Luckily, we were an all-woman company. So we went virtual five years ago. Because a lot of our staff could not come to office. Bangalore became a traffic hub spot. It, it is infamous for it till COVID happened. So people mm-hmm. couldn't reach our offices without two hours of travel, which was crazy amount of you know time lost. Plus they're yeah. also home workers. So they're you know they taking care of a family. They're raising kids. They have elder care. So we were like, please don't take tension about commute of all the things. We'll give you a mm-hmm. laptop with we'll an internet connection. Work from home. And we started working from home five, six years ago. So yeah. that's it. was smooth, right? It wasn't much. Only thing. I'm sorry. I was not going to office. Um, I was going to office till that last point of time. But the minute I stopped, I also realized that now my clients are also okay for meetings. Earlier, we had to travel from one point to another point, which is 40 kilometers away, just to sign papers. This was reality of not just me. All businesses in India, especially if you're the CEO, the entrepreneur, they want to see your face before they sign on documents. It's some kind of surety trust issues we have as a country, for sure. COVID has changed that trust issue into do it as long as you have a digital signature which is recognized that's more than enough let's just do the business <laughs> on that i don't care if you can't physically don't come if you have covid please don't come my i'll get it my family will get it so just please just relax, relax. <laughs> unless you have a negative test don't walk into my office doors and you're like thank god thank you i, I saved so much time because it was crazy i mean i used in bombay i used to travel from like uh, lower parel which is south part of bombay uh, to thane just to that's go and show my face my for a an meeting and i may or may not even get that client It was Mm just such a waste, colossal waste of time. So I'm so happy that the world has moved on. Um, Yeah, and and I think these are the main challenges that I faced, which we took as opportunities and converted it. So recognize your challenge. It doesn't have to be as big as pandemic. It can be anything, which can be a Mm -hmm. challenge in your life. You know, you're not having that space to work from home could be a challenge. And then that could be your business idea as well. (laughs) A lot of people are making, like, furniture, which is, in the daytime, it works as an office table. In the night, it becomes like a baby bed and all that. Like, this crazy amount of innovation going on, yeah, during the pandemic. Absolutely. And the the headphone sales are over the roof. Boat has made the maximum money during this COVID pandemic because everybody wants a noise-free noise cancellation. So they feel like they're working (laughs) in an office. And they don't want to be part of the cooker going in the room next door. So, I mean, that's what the world has come to. So, yeah, you're just trying to... Find innovation
0: and challenges. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing those uh, those points. I mean, every every challenge is something that you get to learn from. So that's amazing. And uh, if you were to give any two cents to uh, an entrepreneur or a woman who is hesitant to start her own company or her own idea, what would be that?
1: Ah, uh, heavy question. But um, okay, so I was always raised as a child. Okay, uh, they raised me in a very gender neutral way. My parents. Mm-hmm. We have two daughters me and my sister so they never told us that girls can do this boys can do that i think they also didn't have a choice because both of us were girls so like where can you go right what would you <laughs> tell us so i know how to my dad taught me how to repair a car very early i used to help him repair you know fuses and wires and bulbs around the house so did my sister so very well trained and our mom used to train us you know like you must sing and you must know how to dance and you must know you know kitchen work and my mom is a math teacher so she would be like, maths is very important, even while buying vegetables. It's very important to learn the basics. You should know how much you're paying, what is the market value, how much are you saving in a monthly budget. So these are very important life skills. So I mean, if you're a youngster, you're listening to it, please don't dis or discount what your parents are trying to teach you or your grandparents are trying to teach you at a very young age. Everything is useful. Like the stories my grandmom told me as a kid. Today, I'm using it as a fictional podcast. Go figure. Oh, wow anything and everything in life is useful so I'll start with if you're a woman today wanting to get into business you should have a strong support system uh, especially as a woman because the world is still not very equal let's call it what it is it's getting there it's definitely way better but a lot of expectations are still on the woman to change to do to modify your career Mm. has to somehow revolve around everybody in the house it's still not changed I mean whatever however progressive we think even me even my Mm. career uh, I have designed it also in a way, though I'm achieving and everything, but there was a point of time in my life where I had to design it around circumstances in my family, health mm-hmm. issues, financial issues, anything else. So I stopped from expanding. I stopped from you know, doing a lot of things I would have done. I waited to start my podcast two years later than I had planned because of family going through certain things. So mm-hmm. get the support from the family. Talk to your family members. Tell them about your dreams and aspirations. And also, they are your first focus group, guys. Literally, it works. If you have any idea, right? First, test it out on your family. Okay, you Mm -hmm. want to to start a catering business. Test it out on your family. They will be the people who ask you all the right questions. How much will you price it? Do you know what the price of wheat and atta and rice and dal is? Do you know what your distribution will be like? And your family will also become your first word of mouth for anything Mm -hmm. that you do. Whether it's a tech product you're developing, whether it's an ATA maker you're developing, uh, a baking company or a gifting company, handmade gifts, cards. Your family, one is they become your first focus group. They're your first test group, your first batch of anything you made. Ask them to rate it, review it. Let them, you know, spread the word. They hate it. They love it. Their feedback is very important, very constructive. And also this is like free. Uh, you're getting the the advice of a team member. It's like that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you don't even have to hire people. Just please use the help which is around the house and uh, make a business, start a business. And uh, only hire when you can pay is my constant uh, advice, constant say to anyone. Mm-hmm. Don't over promise, under deliver. Um, so take it two, three months into what you can do on your own. Or if you get an investor backing or if you have a partnership, somebody who's equally like minded like you does not need the money immediately. Can both of you can invest a bit. And then come together Mm. as partners and then build something. I think that is fantastic. But your family is your first uh, people, network, rally group, marketing group, test group, Mm. review group, criticism group, everything (laughs) all combined together. So for women out there, start getting the support of your family. Um, Secondly, set very realistic expectations for yourself. Um, I was interviewing this amazing gentleman. Uh, He was the former CEO of Money Control and then uh, he joined he started a company called markets mojo mr mohit batra he told me mm-hmm. so when people who matter it's there so he told me a fantastic thing he said any startup right the first 5 years are very important that will really determine whether the entrepreneur will continue with that startup or not if you cross that 5 year mark it's like a relationship if you cross the first 7 year mark
0: then mm-hmm. it's a relationship
1: mostly for life most in most often that's what happens uh, or a friendship for life it becomes like that Same with a startup. If you cross the first five years of a startup, uh, success, failure, challenges, everything you take on board. And you still are afloat. And you're somehow monetizing. You're somehow making money. Something is coming in. Then it is a startup for life. That means your idea is good. It's viable. It will be there for the future. But you have to keep innovating. Even that basic principle or the basic idea has to innovate. So that is something I think for a startup, plan your first five years very well. When I say plan, I mean, one is business model. There are a lot of uh, Google searches that will tell you what a business model is, what you need for it, etc. Secondly, plan your finances for the next five years, because as an entrepreneur, right, um, you can't take the money out of the company before the first. I, I mean, I think personal experience, it takes at least three to four years before you start making some sort of a good profit that you can take out from a company you probably pay yourself monthly salaries that's fine because you need to run a house too or you need to you know just make sure your basic commitments are done but in terms of profit what you really started the business was for that cream which is the profit which you don't get as an employee that you start making only after the first two to three years you i mean uh, if you're lucky you start at the right time there are very few businesses i think 0.05 percent of the businesses will learn and become profitable in the first six months there are many success stories. But I think most, let's be pragmatic. Let's say, OK, we are not part of the lucky few or the, yeah. the ones with that kind of a commitment. I think then two, three years, for sure. Once you start making the profits, then start investing it into your own business, like um, invest mm. into better manpower, invest into better uh, technology partners, invest into better sales, in, invest into those kind of avenues which will bring you more business. And mm. take, of course, a little share for yourself as well to you know reward yourself for your good work. But the main thing should always go back into the business so you can build the business for a longevity, for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's a beautiful summary. Like I think you've had the most experience doing so many, I mean, multiple uh, startups. This is going to be my Dharmaka episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, Thank you. so much uh-huh. Wishing you all the best and hope you stay connected. And I'm definitely going to check out all, the, all of the things in your, and, and buy the book as soon as it's out. OK. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll send you the links.
1: It's still a month away. We're still in publishing and marketing. Uh, pre-marketing is going on. So it's going to take some time. But uh, thank you so much. It was really nice, Julian. It didn't feel like it's the first time I'm chatting with you. Uh, it really felt like I know you for a long time. We were just chatting over coffee. I wish times were better and we were doing that. But nevertheless, yeah. I'll take this as a Saturday afternoon with a friend. So thank you, Julian. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Bye yeah bye that's it for today hope you liked it if you enjoyed this episode do share it with your friends and don't forget to hit follow on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel stay tuned for more episodes and stay safe